If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of The Bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. In the following episode of The Transition, I decided to take a moment and reflect back after more than a year and a half of hosting this show and releasing 50 episodes. I've learned so much as the host of The Transition and the opportunity to interview countless entrepreneurs and subject matter experts, all with the intent to demystify the entrepreneurial journey and increase your chances of success. As I look towards the future, my goal with this show is to make it the premier resource for veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses running early stage small businesses and startups. To reflect back with me and discuss the plans for the future, I invited Jameson Aveyal, Bunker Labs Head of Product and Branding. Before you hear from Jameson and I, make sure you subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. I send out a newsletter at least once a week, and if there's topics you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, feel free to shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on Instagram at ironmikestedman. Also, applications are open for the Bunker Labs Breaking Bears in Entrepreneurship Workshop Series. Bunker Labs understands the challenges faced by Asian, Black, Latinx, and female business owners. To better equip these historically underserved communities, Bunker Labs has created an eight-week workshop series designed for early to growth stage businesses that provide access to business tool, tools, resources, capital opportunities, mentorship, and a strong peer network. You can apply today and start breaking through your barriers to success at the link in the show notes. I had an opportunity to teach branding and marketing at the workshop series, so I highly recommend it for those of you tuning in. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by the MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that it accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Jameson, welcome back to the bunker. What's going on, my brother? Same old stuff, man. Same old stuff. Staying busy. Me and Jameson are hustlers, y'all. We're in the when the entrepreneurial hustle, you know, 24-7. So Jameson was in it, you know, well before I was, but uh it's a grind, man. It is a grind. But I'm so thankful to have this show and this platform. And I'm really proud of like the growth on the podcast over the last year. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we're here. Talk about that, right? Like what what have you learned from the thing? Yeah. So um given that, you know, we launched this podcast in what was it October of 2020, right? Right like in the middle year. of the yeah. pandemic. But you know, we've just had a solid year through 2021 hosting the show and everything. And I have a privilege of being on the marketing team with Jameson. And I just say I'm on the branding team. Right. Because Brandon is really the storytelling, getting it out there and uh, controlling the narrative. And I was like, you know what, man, let's take a moment and just sit back and like reflect on the show. And I brought Jameson on to kind of, you know, turn the mic over and, you know, ask me some questions as we kind of think about, you know, how far we've gone with this show. What are some goals for the transition? And just, you know, just kind of discuss the podcast. So, Jameson, I mean, I'm excited to have you back. Your episode yeah, is thank you. the most downloaded one, by the way. Good. That's great to hear. I mean, I think a lot of people appreciate branding and identity and 
at a very early point of their of their startup that's something that they want to focus on um, to get their mission and vision right for their company so it's it's important to talk about that stuff yeah i guess we'll go ahead and start by like you know we were one of the first people i talked to when we when we found out we we're doing a podcast and what were you most excited about you know bunker having a show well i i always have appreciated um, us having open conversations and discussions with founders. So that's what really excited me. The fact that we can go and find these founders in all different industries, all different verticals and, and learn about the challenges that they're having, um, learn about their growth. You know, it was something that coming from, I think the breakdown years ago, we had interviewed a lot of uh, CEOs of companies that were pretty well established. So to come into the transition, we were talking with just founders that are in the hustle, like you and I, the everyday issues and problems and challenges they're having. So it was a, uh, it was definitely fresh in that regard. And um, having you on board to ask them the right questions or just to let them be open and honest, that was that was something that I appreciated. So I'm glad that we were able to um, get that thing going, especially in partnership with, you know, our partnership with MetLife. They're very focused on that. And they've been with, with Bunker for quite a while. And they've always been focused on entrepreneurship and growth and startups in our company. So it's been nice to, to continue on the journey with that. Yeah, I guess one of my initial worries, though, was like, everybody's like, everyone's starting a podcast. You know, what are you going to add to the conversation? But, you know, I'm starting to look at our downloads, man. And it's like, this is a great touch point for people that are on the outside looking in, you know? It is, yeah. It's like tactical information that they can learn. And I think looking at other podcasts, at least personally, what I look for is more of the tactical stuff. Like, what am I going to get out of listening to the podcast, spending 30, 40 minutes or whatever it is? I, I, I'm not sure the average time. You probably know better than I do of the podcast, typical podcast episode, but that's a, especially for an entrepreneur, you're dedicating time of your day to listen to that thing. So you want to make sure that it's, you're getting the most value out of it. And I think that the transition, having you interview a lot of these founders, they're, they're getting really good, valuable information at the end of it. Yeah. You know, I'm in a fraternity called Omega Sci-Fi and we always say you're only facing what other men have met. And now, you know, I say men and women, because a lot of the stuff, you know, on the outside looking in, everybody thinks entrepreneurship is just like super sexy, you know, <laughs> just, you know, popping bottles and all this stuff. But it's like it is a grind, man. And you start talking yes. to people and everybody's got their issues, you know, right. whether it's managing team, client fulfillment, you know, finding that illustrious product market fit. You know, all these different issues. And for me, it was like, you know, I can't log on to YouTube without somebody trying to sell me, you know, on their course that's going to make me a billionaire overnight. And I'm just like, listen, man, I have a business coach. I hang out with real entrepreneurs. I talk to you, right? Like, yo, I feel like the dream that's getting sold is a lot different than the reality. And it was important yeah. for us to like, how can we like control the narrative of what this is really like? So, you know, when people... Let's be honest, man, like a lot of veterans and military spouses, they've already sacrificed a lot, you know? And so I don't want them to like jump into entrepreneurship and like fail. So I like, I want to de-risk it for them as much as I right. can. 
So that was what was important for me to be able to do this show. Well, that kind of leads me into the question. I know we're turning the mic around, but at the very beginning and up until now, what has been the vision for the podcast in your eyes um, as you were looking for founders and looking for topics of discussion? You know, what's always been the vision for you? I think the first thing is just like authenticity, you know? So that was one of the things of like, listen, man, there's enough Gary V's out there and Grant Cardone's and all these other people. Like who is going to come on here and keep it real and like take off their armor? And so when you think about some of the earlier episodes I was able to get on, we had Cortez, uh, Cortez Riggs on, Cortez, sorry, from the Military Influencer Conference. You know, who else? I had Mike Lloyd from Dope Coffee. I had his wife on. Um, I, the best way I can say is a lot of the entrepreneurs, when I was first coming into the veteran entrepreneurial ecosystem, the people like I aspire to be, you know, mm -hmm. the Starlinda scales of the world. Like, remember, it's easy now to forget that like, before I took this leap into entrepreneurship, I had no idea what it was really like. And all I know is I saw Mutt Sauce, you know, mm -hmm. I saw a military influencer conference, right? I saw you, you know, I saw these entrepreneurs that had kind of been out there and creating content and being seen. But like, I had no real connection with these people. And I also didn't really know like what it was like behind the scenes. So early on, I was like, okay, we've got people within the bunker, you know, they've done the speaking engagements, right? They've kind of gone, we call it the bunker rodeo, right? Even thinking about um, the team from Rumi Spice, you know, yeah. early on, right? And I was like, let me get them on the podcast to kind of tell their stories. And so early on, that's what it really was. And now as we start to, you know, look back, I'm thinking like, one of the goals that I want to have for this podcast is I want it to be the number one resource for early stage veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses. And yeah, so absolutely. Now I'm thinking it's like not just beyond just telling the stories, but it's like, okay, how can we give them real actionable advice that they can implement like in their business today to drive revenue, drive growth and really make it real. So that's the thing, right? Like I want, I want people in our community to make it real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and what type of things did you learn at the very beginning when you were shooting some of these episodes, did you do like these pivots in your episodes and, and how you were conversing with individuals kind of without us even noticing Were there some things that you were changing in it? You know, I think because I had the other podcast confessions of a native son, I had already kind of created this kind of safe space where people can come on the platform and talk. And so I got used to that. Right. I got used to kind of going deep and getting beyond the surface level when having conversations. And so, you know, what I found was that, you know, people really appreciate the take off the armor piece, you know, because this is like, damn, I'm put on the spot now, you know, yeah. like nobody's really ever asked me that. And the stuff people would tell me, I was just kind of like blown away, you know, like. Right. Yeah. All those, I mean, all those entrepreneurs well, that I said I looked up to, right. 99.9% .9 of them say they suffer from imposter syndrome or they feel like they're mm -hmm. still making it up. Yeah. So what would you say that the, um, some of the, the challenges that you've experienced, that sounds like that's a, a pretty common challenge. Um, trying to figure out a way to engage them and, and understand their vulnerability. What were some of the things that you found to be the most effective and most engaging in, in conversation? 
Well, I think one is setting the tone, you know, early on, right? So, like, a lot of times, right, me even going first, right? So, saying, like, hey, let me take off my armor. And I noticed that when I started to do that, it would make them open up a lot more, it'll open up our guests. And I think the other thing, too, is, like, how we position the show, too. You know, I was like, you know, me and you, you know, I was messaging with you back and forth about the website copy. And I was like, hey, this whole concept of, like, People feel like they're making it up as they go, you know? So even in the pre-interview, right? Yeah, just like yeah. telling people like, hey, I understand that like we're all kind of making it up as we go along and I want to have this show as a resource for the community. And honestly, probably that was probably the biggest thing, emphasizing that like, hey, we really want to make this a resource for the community. And one thing you know about veterans and military spouses, we love helping each other. And I think the platform is like an easy way for a lot of people to do it because, you know, we like it's so hard to volunteer for things when you're in the middle of running a business and then you got family and you got personal and you got all this other stuff. And so all of a sudden, you know, going to Nashville to speak or something. Right. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to talk in front of people, but it's like you got all this other stuff you got to get done. And so what I found out was that this was just an easy way to allow members of our community to give back and they want to share this stuff. And the thing is, like, yeah. you know, within the VIRs, right, there's always those guys that have kind of been there, done that, and they want to help, right? The city leaders, when we had city leaders, now we got ambassadors. Everyone wants to help. And it's like, okay, how can I make it as easy as possible for people in our community and outside our community to help the bunker? Yeah. What has been your personal favorite episode? Um, and don't be afraid to say between you and I, Honestly, <laughs> but uh, no, what's been your, per your, your personal favorite or something that you learned and were able to grow from personally and professionally just talking to them? I will honestly say it's probably uh, Michelle Warner, the five stages of small business growth. And here's why, because one of the things that I made an adjustment um, is going back to your question, like, oh, what things have you changed? Initially, when I started the podcast, right, I thought we were just going to interview veterans within the bunker. Right. Or just veterans in general. But, you know, one of the things we were talking about with Chris Franks, you know, who was our intern marketing director, was like, you know, I realized that that could be potentially limiting in terms of the knowledge and impact we can give. So, you know, shifting from just like, oh, we only interview veterans to like, hey, this is a platform to empower and elevate veteran owned business owners and military spouses. So if you're a civilian, doesn't matter. Right. If you have value that I think you can add to our community, let's get them on the podcast. And so, you know, I would listen to this uh, and I didn't even know her. I just saw one of the VIRs post about this business coach, Michelle Warner. And I'm a big Jim Collins fan. Right. So I look mm -hmm. at her her LinkedIn and it says she helps tiny companies uh, that are built to last or something like that. Right. I call that dog whistle branding like it got my attention. And so then I listened to a couple of her podcasts and she started talking about this five stages of small business growth. And I read her article on it and I was like, I got to get her on the pod. So I listened to like three episodes of hers and then I invited her on the podcast. And to be honest, I really like that because it has clarified for me how to approach launching a venture, you know? And so now whenever I'm like giving advice to entrepreneurs, I'm always like, number one, I recommend they get a business coach of some sort business coach, advisor, mentor, but get someone in your corner. But the five stages of small business growth, right? Like, you know, there's this mystique 
or this belief that like you got to have an MBA or you got to come from some elite network. And that five stages of validate, sales, expand, uh, grow, and then multiply, right? Um, it just kind of made business. It just, it really improved my business acumen. Yeah, and, that's great. I recommend that. Like I honestly, I think like everybody that's come through our program should like listen to the five stages of small business growth. And like, I want to make multiple pieces on that, whether flipping it, I've already done it to a newsletter, but like, I need to do it into like, you know, I don't know, um, a blog post or something. Yeah. I think the joy of having a podcast that you can engage with a speaker or, or you know, subject matter, matter expert or whatever they are, if they're just a founder, um, it's a lot different of an experience than listening to listening to them on stage because there's a lot more real questions that you can go back and forth on. You can engage with them. You can ask things that you've always been curious about. Um, so I think that's one of the the really cool things about the transition podcast and being able to create some evergreen content on it and and actually provide value to some of these entrepreneurs that are trying to start businesses. Um, because again, it goes back to the tactical things that they're learning from the episode. We're get we're getting close to coming into the new year, right? So you are, I'm sure, planning the next wave of episodes for the transition. Can you talk to me a little bit about what you're planning on doing, if anything, differently for the new year, the transition? Yeah, I'm actually we're gonna have a discussion about this because I'm actually thinking about repositioning the show, right? So when we first launched it, it was, you know, demystifying the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses. And they mean you've been playing around with early stage startups and small businesses. And it's like, how do I position this show to be the number one resource for early stage veteran owned small business owners and military spouses, you know, and uh, Reggie Ordonez, our new head of marketing at Bunker Labs, you know, he came to me, he was like, he thinks we should do new cover art too. So I'm interested to see like what your thoughts are on that. Um, so there's that piece, right? Repositioning. Um, because here's the deal, right? This is like marketing. I mean, launching a podcast is like marketing on steroids. It is really, really hard. And one yeah. of the things, like I said, I thought about was when we first launched the show, it's like, okay, fish where the fish are. I thought our listeners would primarily be people that are already within the bunker. That was the assumption. The veterans and residents, the VI, the veterans and residents, you know, our workshop series, participants, breaking barriers, CEO circle, et cetera. But the people that reach out to me, I've never really seen them in a bunker program. You know, mm. like this might be their bunker program, if I'm being honest, yeah. you know, yeah. and this will be a feeder into it. But like I just did the episode with the um, uh, Haley Marie McLean Hill, the NFL cheerleader and transition Air Force veteran. And she reached out to me on Instagram. Um, and had been listening to the show and everything. And I invited her on because I wanted to get that early, you know, six months until she transitions and see where her mind's at. So that's been real interesting for me. And the thing too, is like, I think what makes this platform unique, even having like you on the episodes and stuff is like, listen, man, like this is really like a peer to peer platform. You know, I haven't built no $10 million business and exited and given speaking engagements and stuff. Like I'm very much in the entrepreneurial hustle. But I know so many in our community have yet to make it real yet. You know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't feel real to them because they don't have paying customers. They're not taking a salary. 
you know, they don't feel like they know what they're doing, all this other stuff. And so it's like, how can I support those early stage entrepreneurs and make it real for them? And so getting beyond just the interviews, but like getting outside of my comfort zone and doing a lot of solo monologue episodes, or maybe having you come on and do a solo episode on building out your brand aesthetics, right? Like really just thinking through, okay, what does the community need, right? And how can we deliver it from a peer perspective that makes it reasonable? Because it's just like if Russell Bronson, not Russell Branson, what's the guy's name from Virgin Mobile? You know? Oh, Russell, Russell something. Russell, <laughs> Russell Brand. Brand. Yeah, or Russell Brand. Or if I get Elon Musk on here, yeah, it's cool. Mm -hmm. But it's like, damn, like that's inspirational. But like, I can't really reach out and touch Elon Musk like that. And I feel yeah. like they can reach out and touch us. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the power of our network too is it can provide or potentially provide other connections to individuals that you would love to have on the podcast or that would be best fit on the podcast. When you're interviewing founders, they're networking, they're trying to grow their business. So there might be opportunity to open that pipeline up for, for new founders to come on board. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So what has been, I mean, what's, what's the huge takeaway that you've had for the podcast up into this point? Oh man, that's a good question. I, so I think we, and between just this podcast, right? I'm just plugged into the veteran entrepreneur ecosystem. Let's just be honest. So I get to talk to a lot of veteran entrepreneurs, whatever. And, you know, I've been, you know, I guess I'm successful right? It doesn't always feel like it. You know, I got Ironbound Boxing, I got Ironbound Media, you know, I'm hosting these different platforms, and these podcasts. But the thing I bring it up is, again, on the outside looking in, I was always so envious of other people, right? Damn, like, you know, why are they, they're so successful. I'm here bumming around, you know, in my hoodie, running the streets of Newark, whatever. But the more entrepreneurs I talk to, the more I learn from, I realize that we're all going through the same experience. You know, yep. and it just looks different. And the reality of it is, is like, yeah, you know, you start talking to people and yeah, they, you might aspire to be like them, but you don't want to trade spots with them per se. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want your problems. You know what I mean? You don't want my problems. And I think yep. it just made me feel more comfortable to kind of own that because again, like, I feel like I'm transitioning beyond the envy phase and the jealousy phase mm -hmm. and just accepting the fact that like, we all are struggling from different issues. They're just different problems, you know? When you first start out, you got, uh, you know, you're dealing with your first 10 customers, so that's a whole issue. Then you grow and scale, now you're dealing with those 100 customers. So it's just a new set of issues and problems. And so mm -hmm. I think it's just very empowering to be able to just talk to different entrepreneurs. And like, I also feel like I'm growing and I think our listeners can probably appreciate the growth on the show, even just me stepping outside my comfort zone and doing those solo uh, monologue episodes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting about the problems that you see. It's a, kind of a, a generalized term, but in entrepreneurship, you're, you're essentially just problem solving the whole time and making sure you don't make the same mistake again over and over. Um, and I feel like when people are, especially veterans that are transitioning, they're just so overwhelmed with the thought of even starting a business that, they want to make sure that they get past some of the problems that they, they might even face very early on. And so talking about some of the problems and issues that other founders have had um, is just, 
so valuable to them. I mean, it's like you're creating a knowledge base essentially through podcast of what went wrong and what did someone else experience that I might not want to experience again. So, I, I mean, I really appreciate that about the podcast. And if you are able to um, continue to talk about that into the new year, just some of the, the problems that founders have, have experienced, and it's going to look different in all types of industries, but there's always those common ones that we know we're going to run into. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I love, I love hearing those things. It's, it, it makes you as a, as a speaker on the show, it makes you feel vulnerable as someone that's listening It makes you appreciate their vulnerability and the fact that they can open up to that. It, you're right. It's not all, uh, fancy cars and, and, you know, the CEO look that they portray on TV. It's really just everyone's going through similar, similar issues. So, you know, going back to, you said, you know, what is another interview that stands out? So I recently, and a lot of them, to be honest, are more on the civilian side that stand out to me. And the reason being is because, you know, again, when you first start out, you think people are untouchable. You know, now I just, I reach out to them on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, and they love to come on the show. So I had Bruce Cleveland on the show, right? And uh, he wrote the book, Traversing the Traction Gap. And he's a big time VC out of Silicon Valley, worked at Oracle, you know, was like, uh, not Oracle, Siebel Systems, all that stuff, mm -hmm. right? He is in that ecosystem. And I had him on the podcast, man. And he was talking about how hard it still is. You know, he's like, you know, he's a, a, a chief marketing officer, you know, like three times over, you know, and had just retired. But before he retired, he was like, yeah, I was still getting up at 530, like going to war every day to really drive, you know, this the 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 brand identity and the creating a new category, um, enterprise AI, you know, all the stuff that they were doing. And it just hit me of like, man, like when you're younger, you assume that people who are successful and have money, that they're just like not working hard for some reason. You know, yeah. that like that, like, oh, they're just sitting on their pile of money, throwing it at the camera, whatever. Everybody I have ever met that is successful. They all work really hard. Like, I don't know they anyone do. I've ever met on a podcast or in personal life, whatever, that does not work really hard. And so, again, that gives me the confidence to see past all the BS mm -hmm. in the local. You know how it is in the local communities, right? everybody's an entrepreneur everybody's trying to hustle whatever but it's like i need to separate myself from like the hype and the stuff that's real and talking right. to guys like bruce you know talking to business coach like michelle warner even the guy rob uh walling from startups for the rest of us who came on right mm -hmm. talking to these kind of people that have been doing this stuff for like 15 years plus right like dude i feel like i just feel like i'm around the right kind of energy and able to avoid the the negative and the hype. And that's what I want. Like, I don't want our listeners to get caught up in the hype and run themselves into the ground and not build a real business. Yeah, that's the, the type of mentality I think you need to have. And when you put yourself around those individuals, it can become really empowering too for what you're trying to do in your own professional development or even when you're doing a startup on your own. So I think that that's, yeah, that's something useful. And I've noticed that with the Bunker Network, as you get into a room with a lot of founders that are just so open to providing this this feedback to you, um, 
I always said, and maybe this is just part of the military background or just like my personality is I always like the, the founders that you get in a room with and they'll just be straight up with you. It can even be negative, whatever it is, they're just open. Um, and I've always, I've, I've learned more than anything from those type of people because they're not afraid to tell you how it is. You know, if you get into a room and everyone's like, yeah, great idea. I love your idea. And they're just saying that, you know, does it really make sense? I want to hear from the people that don't think it's a great idea and, and why. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's a great thing to have some of those, some of those individuals on to, to talk about that stuff. So what are your thoughts on this, right? So this has also been a little bit of a challenge, but I think I'm navigating it pretty good is early stage small businesses and startups, right? Two different approaches, right? Somebody is trying to build a product and raise venture capital. The other one is trying to build a like a business and just get paying customers. And so it's like, and how have you seen us navigate that space in the bunker? In the bunker, yeah. I think it's really tough to navigate that space, especially from some of the programs that we offer. Everyone has their different strategy for how some of them wanted just an exit strategy of getting bought out by a bigger company. Some of them just want customers. So they're in a different stage. I think it's really challenging to, to, to start sort of vet out or group those individuals. Um, I do know that, and what I've noticed over time is that they end up finding their own niche group, like VIR, for instance, when they move away from VIR and that they now go in industry-based, they tend to gravitate towards each other. It's kind of like the tribes book, you know, the concept of it, um, based on just the level of where they're at in their business, or if they're trying to do the same thing as others, it's, it's really how they to separate themselves. So it's it's actually been a challenge at the bunker side to be able to look at different stages of where they're at. That's why I've been thinking about in terms of like the repositioning, right? Really thinking through those like first hundred customers and like owning that space, whether you're like a early stage, you know, small business or like a startup, because, you know, the reason I bring it up and you can tell me if I'm wrong and y'all know y'all listening, right? I come across a lot of veteran entrepreneurs. Like I'm in my incubator right now in Newark. There's nobody here. I'm like, I come here, you know, like every single day. Right. And what I noticed was the more I started to do these programs, these accelerator programs, you start off with like, I don't know, 10 or 15 or whatever, but naturally you, we, people start getting weeded out. And what I noticed was that like a lot of people, didn't have paying clients. They didn't have customers. They were still on just their like idea, you idea, know, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, and we love pitch competitions. You know, USA is doing a pitch competition. I've won multiple pitch competitions. They're great seed capital, but I will say there was a change in my mindset when I stopped asking for permission for my venture and just started to go out there and get that market-based feedback and let yeah. the market tell me whether or not I had something they were willing to pay for. Yeah, and that's I think that's a really good strategy for a lot of these early startups is you go out and you get the initial feedback of an issue that you're trying to solve for a customer and then build it from there. A lot of them will just build it, assuming that customers will come after it's built. Really, it's got to be the other way around, I think, um, especially as an entrepreneur, as like someone that is always trying to problem solve myself personally. I'll look around the house or I'll be doing like day-to-day -day tasks. And I'm like, 
this process sucks. Like, why hasn't someone created a better one? And I think that if you take that mentality with customers where you're like, what am I trying to solve? Would, would this value, would this help your life? If it's software, if it's a physical product, would it be something that, um, brings your life, you know, it could be wellness, it could be anything, but it's something that improves your quality of life. And I think that that's why a lot of software companies are successful because they cut out time. They know that time is the most valuable thing. So they're able to create something that essentially cuts your time in half. Um, It's efficient. It's based on what users need. And, uh, you know, I think that's a challenge that we see at, at the bunker oftentimes. And through our programs, they'll learn that it's it's better to learn from what the market actually is looking for versus you just coming up with something and, and, and really just trying to rely on marketing to sell the thing. So I know you're big on this. We're going down a tangent, y'all, but hear me out. All right. So Jameson is like very plugged in. He's like on crunch base. He reads everything, right? So I know you know about this whole product-led growth movement, right? But like I've come across this like market-first mentality. And since I've started to look at the world through a market first lens, it's just changed my whole understanding. Like I tell this story over and over. A monkey could have got zoomed to a billion dollar company during the pandemic because the demand was there. The need for what they were offering was there. Now you got to have a process to make it easy for people to just, you know, there was a lot of stuff they did integration with Gmail and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you can fumble your way to success when there's a yeah. real market demand, right? Like if there's no demand, dude, you can be you can be Elon Musk and it will still fail because there's just no demand for what you're offering. I actually thought about that this morning when I was going through different chat tools. You know, a lot of people use Google Meet or Zoom or whatever. And one of the, the things that I was like, why, why was Zoom so successful? Because I, I have a UX UI background. So I'm like looking at Zoom and it's not, a beautifully designed product, right? But it became so successful. And I think it's, I, I personally think that it's because they focus really on like the B2B2B strategy very early on, where when these companies went remote, all of these big giant corporations and businesses knew that Zoom was their platform. It wasn't Google, it wasn't Microsoft Teams, it was, zoom because it was very easy to use and there was integration and there was a level of privacy i remember the zoom bomb thing going on at one point but um they focused really highly on b2b early on which eventually ended up kind of flipping the script of b2c where consumers were now getting on the platform they had they, everyone had their own personal zoom account right they were inviting people in they had these calendars set up so i think that they definitely were saw a market that was relied on that at that time. Um, they went after that. They knew that people were working from home, all these big corporations, they, they no longer were able to log into their, their computer in the office. So they needed some sort of way to communicate with each other. So I, I really do think that they had a good strategy very early on and they knew that the market was there, especially when COVID hit. Yeah, the stars align, but that integration, like you said, and you're the dealing with now, yeah. you know, as we try to build a community platform within Bunker of just like the habits are so hard, you know, it like is. I, yeah. I love Google Docs. You know why I love Google Docs? I'm on Google Docs every day. 
You know, like so when you start trying to use notion and all this other stuff, it's like pain. You know, like I gotta harder. I gotta like force myself to do it. But when you have that stuff that's just streamlined and easy to use, and listen, for our listeners, most of y'all are early stage, keep things simple. Don't try to be like the <laughs> army and overcomplicate and you know come up with some elaborate op order and all that other stuff, man. I'm like, listen, throw a Google Doc together, a Microsoft Word doc or something, keep it one page and go out there and test. And to be honest, the transition was like a one page Google Doc. Yep. You know, a Teams yeah. doc. That's it. And you were able to go out and, and really ask the right questions to individuals before the transition even started. We were like, we found that there was a product market fit and we needed listeners. There was something that just wasn't in the bunker network that the transition replaced. That was the gap we were filling. I think too, I assumed because, you know, we're bunker labs, right? We have a big email distro list, right? We're this like trusted brand that growing the show was just going to be so much easier. But what I found out was launching a podcast, one, it's a habit thing too, so there's that piece. But I also think, you know, I don't know necessarily how externally people view Bunker Labs, you know? So yeah. you've got the ones yeah. that have already drank the Kool-Aid, right? They're in, they've done a program, veterans and residents. But to people on the outside, you know, how do they view us? What is their perception? And the more I come across a lot of veterans, right, they don't even have any idea, you know? Right. So I take it for granted that I'm already in the ecosystem. So the growth on the show initially, right, wasn't where I wanted it, you know? And I was like, man, it's like an uphill battle. So I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to transition to a week, a weekly drop, right? So I was doing bi-weekly, then we transitioned to weekly. But what's interesting, I can't figure out now, and I'm curious to hear your, your advice on this, our back catalog is growing, you know? So I'll see our daily down. I'm like, yo, we just had like 70 downloads. I'm like, they didn't come. Old episode, right? Yeah, I'm like, they didn't come from like one of the episodes I released like the last two weeks. There's these like old episodes. So I'm starting to see our old episodes growing. And I don't know if people are just like, I don't know, man. Like maybe, maybe the brand is growing. Maybe, maybe it's the algorithms, man. <laughs> On the podcast networks. I was thinking I, maybe it was the website rebrand. You know, we did do the newsletter. We've been doing a lot of stuff, but it's so hard to tell from a branding perspective of yeah. like what is working. Well, I think the fact that the the transition in some of the titles, they're they're more tactical things that you're answering. You know, you got the name of the person, their company, what you're going to learn from that. And I think that that starts driving up SEO when people are searching for those particular topics. So. You're going to see it all over the place, but I think that the more tactical you can get in some of these titles, the more content you're, you're writing blog posts. So I think a lot of keywords are very important for searches. So you might just get a surge of random listeners for an article that you did six months ago. You might see that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a common thing that happens. One of the things, and I haven't figured out how to do it yet, right? But, you know, I keep posting. We got a little chat, y'all. We got the little Microsoft Teams chat for the marketing team. And I'm paying attention to A16Z, you know, a lot of these other media brands. And it's like, how do we punch above our weight? And really, again, going back to that, what does it mean to be the number one resource, right? It also means having a take on things and having an angle, right? Like, you know, 
me and you talk about stuff happens, right? We're not in a bubble. We got Afghanistan going on. You got George Floyd. You got all this other stuff. And James and I are always like, listen, what is the angle that we take, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people out there that can contribute to these conversations, but they're not veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses, right? That's the thing that we focus on. And I think that, like, anytime we make comments or anything about something, right, it's got to be from our angle. Otherwise, it, it comes across very topical. So, like, when the Afghanistan pullout happened, you know, I was able to get the team from Rumi Spice on here and just say, like, how are you all viewing this as veteran entrepreneurs that had a company in Afghanistan? You know, that's a unique angle that you're not going to get anywhere else. And the reason I bring Definitely. up A16Z, the reason I bring up all this other stuff is COVID-19 has challenged a lot of us, right? Small businesses are the foundation of America. We know this, right? They hire restaurants, whatever. And let's be honest, a lot of the veteran community is going to be blue collar, right? How are, what are we doing to make sure that those that already also have businesses, right? or in the process of launching businesses, right? What do they need to know to survive and thrive? So, you know, making a commentary on like a tech trend or something that we see, you know, or, you know, what does this mean for the veteran entrepreneurial community and military spouses, et cetera. So I'm not mm -hmm. there yet, but that is one of the things that I see us having an opportunity to do within Bunker Labs is really like owning an angle and a space on something. But it's definitely like, it's it's like a military entrepreneurial angle on real world issues that we wouldn't normally get from watching the news or reading an article online. Yeah, it's I think it's a perspective that a lot of people um, appreciate too, coming from a, a military veteran, because it's you've got tons of different perspective, real world perspective on political issues or stuff that affects your 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 business, really um so yeah i i think that that's something that we can really talk about and get our angles right you know yeah and the cool thing about you know there are no rules in audio you know so we can pretty much like you know the nice thing about you know met life right they really believe in this platform and telling these stories and there's also this trust that comes with being a veteran right like i would like to think that there's nothing that we've released where it has been like ethically wrong or anything you know i think it's just high integrity right we're really trying it to is. serve the community yeah. and i think about like like i see those harvard business review books you know the hbr guides whatever mm -hmm. tech in 2022 right i would love to be part of the team that gets those kind of resources to the veteran and military spouse community you know like yeah. here's the transitions tech trends for 2021 and what they need what you need to know about your business right like if you are not a tech enabled business heading into 2022, here are three things you can do today or something. You know, I would love to get to that point. Now, I'm not there yet, but here's what I am doing. I'm reading, I'm learning about editorials, I'm writing, you know, I'm practicing. Mm -hmm. But over the next year, I would like to ease into that. So again, you know, making commentary on issues, not necessarily political issues, but just like, if this is gonna affect the veteran military spouse community, here's what you need to know. You know, and here's some advice or guidelines and let's get a discussion going on it. You know, having Definitely. those solo monologue episodes where it's like bringing you on to talk brand aesthetics, myself, et cetera, you know, and then also just continuing the interviews and capturing these stories. And I'm just thankful to have the platform has been amazing. And I'm excited to see where we're going to be, you know, at the end of 2022.
Yeah. Well, I know we're, we're, we're starting to wind down on this chat, but I have a couple interesting questions. You, you listen to podcasts often, right? So I do being, being someone that creates podcasts, what is your personal favorite one that you gravitate towards you have on your schedule? You like want to listen to weekly, daily, whatever it is. So I'm a fair weather fan. All right. So I like football. People say, what's your favorite football team? It's like, dude, I don't know. I was like a Ravens fan for like a year, whatever. So it's hard for me to answer that question because I don't know if there's a specific podcast, right? As much mm -hmm. as a theme of podcast, right? So I'm a big proponent of peer-to-peer -peer learning. So like for me, before we went live today, I told Jameson that, hey, there's this cool little marketing agency down in Texas, Tomball, Texas called Beefy Marketing. And I just looked them up, right? I don't know what it was that made me come across them. But then I start looking at their stuff, their brand aesthetics, their small business. I start listening to their podcast, you know, yeah. because I just want to learn, like, how did you get to where you're at now? Um, and so I start listening to that. Anytime I come up with, like, something I'm curious about, my number one search engine, I think, is the podcast app. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's YouTube because they want that, like, educational style content. Um, but podcast is definitely up there i would say for I, I i'm the same way with you i don't have a particular podcast i like to search topics in the podcast mm -hmm. world and then listen to different podcast creators right um so that yeah similar situation like i was what about an, books i was gonna say this i was at an event and they kept talking about the spocks right yeah See this woman um hopefully i'll get her on this phyllis newhouse she just did a, a Spock, you know, and then Black Rifle Coffee did a Spock, mm -hmm. whatever, going public. And they raised like, these companies are worth like billions of dollars now. I didn't know what a Spock was. You know what I did? Mm -hmm. I did in my podcast app, some random finance dude, you know, just gave a whole, he had like a British accent. And I listened to his like 45 minute episodes on Spock. I feel more educated now. So it was yeah. really like a university to me. Those are my favorites of just like, there's a topic I want to learn from. If I can find a peer, I can look them up on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever and see that they're like real human beings. To me, that's like, that's, that's what I really enjoy listening to. Yeah. And I think that they answer a lot of the right questions that you would be able to ask in person, you know? So just as an example, I had, I had talked to Mike earlier today about me working with this, this cybersecurity company and I've never worked been invo involved with that field, it is so cloudy for me. But I think that the value that I would get out of listening to a podcast with that person to just go over what it actually means in layman's terms, for me especially, because you know the people don't really understand that. Um, that would that would be so helpful. I would search. I would search podcast. What is cybersecurity one hundred and one? <laughs> and let's go over. Let's talk about it. So I think. Uh, that's why it's um, very helpful for people that are really trying to understand a certain topic and just using podcasts as a, as a channel for that. Yeah. I listen to a lot of audio books too. And so the other oh, thing, yeah. like I feel obligated to the view, to the listeners, right? Like I feel a responsibility to be as informed as I possibly can to serve you all. So I'm always learning on audio books or, you know, I'm listening to one about venture capital now and I've educated myself on that space. Right. Because, again, I don't necessarily need to be like the expert, you know, mm -hmm. but I need to be able to interview a guest 
or create content that helps explain it to you all, you know? And so that's what another thing is I'm always listening to audio books to learn about, you know, topics I don't know about, like, you know, the venture capital space, et cetera. Yeah. So let's talk about books for a second. I know you're always reading books and, and Mike, by the way, anyone listening to this, Mike, every week we have a, a marketing meeting. He always recommends a new book. So I'm curious to find out what, what you're currently reading. What's, what's on your, and what's on your radar to read next? So good question. I'm actually in the process of writing a book called Black Veteran Entrepreneur. And because I'm in the process of writing it, I have stopped really reading a lot of books, right? I'm trying to lay off the consumption of content and lean more towards the creating the content, but I've been leaning heavily in the audio books, right? And so okay. I've got this yeah. stack of books, you know, those big 500 page books that I keep buying, but I, I <laughs> for whatever reason, I, I just can't force myself to read it or read it again. I've started to listen to them on audiobook. So right mm -hmm. now I'm listening to another book. I've already read this book. It's called Content Inc. Start a content first business, build a massive audience and become radically successful with little to no money. Because I run a podcast agency and I host shows, right? It's important for me to make sure that I'm like learning as much as I can and like really, um, you know, again, investing in myself. So the reason I'm listening to this book is because, again, I've already read it, but like it's not just about reading it. Like I need to like really internalize it. So now I find myself going back to reread or re-listen to books. Another one is the One Page Marketing Plan by Alan Dibb. You know, I'm a, I like that book. It's a great book. Um, so listening to that, uh, I'm gonna revisit that again. Um, and also a book about podcast interviews. I got it with me. Uh, what is it called? Mm. Right? It's called Stop Asking Questions, How to Lead High-Pack Interviews and Learn Anything from Anyone, Andrew Warner. So a lot of the stuff I've been listening to and reading about lately has been really just podcast focused because yep. I run a business, right? I just got done listening to the NPR Guide to Startups podcast. So like I'm learning about narrative podcasting. So you know what it goes back to? I have a goal. I want to punch the transition above its weight, right? So what are the steps I need to take to get there? I need to educate myself about all things podcasting to be able to facilitate and make that jump. So that's really what I'm listening to. I've been listening to a lot more like podcast, audio specific, and it comes in waves. So when I first launched the show, I read like 10 books on podcasting, you know, and I've been reading a little bit here and there. But now as I'm coming to the end of the year, you know, I'm really thinking about like what I want to accomplish in 2022. And I just felt moved to like really dive in you know, to this. And another book I want to listen to is Story by Robert McAfee. What is it called? The Screenwriters. So yeah. I got to be a master storyteller. And so there's that piece too. So what about you? Yep. Well, I've, uh, ironically, I've been reading a lot of more um, system processes books. And, you know, years ago, ages ago, I'm not even that old, but it feels like forever when I worked as an engineer, they put us through this training. It was Six Sigma training. Um, and it's it sounds foreign, but it's actually a style of, of management and way for for you to produce really good results. It was actually developed by the the person that started Toyota and he implemented this system in creating his his whole product line of Toyotas, which is why 
Toyotas are ranked really reliable because they're super efficient in manufacturing. And he's created a structure and environment on how to set that up in, in organizations. So I'm reading it. I have it in my hand. It's called, this one's called Six Sigma for Managers. And it's really um, specific to setting up open communication with, with um, your employees, making sure that you can identify bottlenecks. There's, there's a huge science behind it, and it's, it's super efficient, um, especially as you start growing in your organization. Not really so much for early startup phase, because I, I do believe everyone's kind of scrappy and you're wearing a million different hats. But as you start scaling up and you're over 30, 40 employees, I think this is a really good tool to use to start ad- identifying certain areas. It's been really efficient, I think. Uh, my significant other, she just acquired a business, and with that came customers, staff, things that she just basically had the keys to. And I actually helped her implement Six Sigma into the organization to start figuring out how can she be even more efficient than the last founder of the organization. That's a whole new world, but uh, it's it's been really helpful for her. You know what? So I'm going to take that. off my armor, all right? And I'm glad you brought up the systems thing, okay? The biggest challenge that I'm learning as an entrepreneur is making the machine work, you know? So, you know, it's all nice and dandy when it's just like you, you come with an idea, you get your first client, but then you start like growing and now you bring on other team members and like (laughs) behind the scenes at Ironbound Media, man, like we're rocking and rolling, but it's like, it's literally like making sausage every day. You know, part of me is like, I'm at this point now, I'm like, okay, I was thinking about like, what is my, goal for 2022 and it's definitely i mean q1 at least is definitely some around like operational efficiency like mm-hmm. I, I guess if i had a theme it's like flawless execution but it's like you really are like building these systems out you know and it's you a hell of a thing to build a business with a laptop and a microphone you know but i got multiple shows going i host a transition schedule you know, everything right? and all this other stuff and it's just like yo how do I make this thing work as efficiently as like possible? And so I'm curious to know, like scaling up, you know, bunkers big on traction, you know, all these different stuff, but it's like, we're also, I'm a creative and a creative just thinks differently, you know, Mm -hmm. or maybe I keep telling myself. And when you're building, I mean, we're in 2022, right? So like business models are changing like every month, it feels like. And I was just, you know, I was just looking up a website company and one of the things I'm transitioning to is just like capabilities. Mm-hmm. So beyond just like, hey, this is what we do, but this is what we're capable of doing, you know? And I hope people understand the difference between that. And I actually learned that from a podcast guest because I asked them, you know, like, hey, as you guys start to look towards the future, you know, how are you positioning your brand or whatever? He was like capabilities because now people are coming to them and saying like, what can you do? And this is, here's what we can put together for you. Um, but I'm just like, how do I organize all this stuff? How do I make it work? And I like, in addition to creating content, there's a whole backend machine of the transition that is still got to get tightened up and we've gotten a lot better, but like when you're doing a show week over week, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of freaking content. Mm-hmm. No, it so, is. Yeah. Just making it. It's, it, it's like it, the correlation between capacity and capability are right there. Right. You got to make sure you have the capacity to be able to open up the cap- the new capabilities of your business. And that's also 
in in Six Sigma or Lean, identifying where the the capacity is starting to bottleneck, and then maybe making a decision internally, like, do I need support in this area? Maybe I need another person to do podcasts, or maybe I need someone behind the scenes to help me with scheduling. All of that you can identify. Um, but yeah, I mean, we went on a tangent here talking about books and capabilities and systems great, and everything man. else, but this is just how it is with the transition and getting founders on podcasts. It's, it's great. Listen, it's the first of the year. All right. You know, actually this, when this comes out, it'll be the first of the year, you know, but listen, man, it's just part of it is too, is like, they don't get to see behind the scenes a lot of times, you know? So you guys think that we just jump on here. We got it going on. Right. But listen, there's a whole team that supports the show, you know, Jameson, Carrie, the whole marketing team at bunker, you know? Um, and so I just thought it was cool to come on here, chop it up with you, you know, take off my armor, share a little behind the scenes and let you guys know what I'm thinking about as we continue to, uh, you know, grow the show. And I'm probably going to, I'm going to play around with some audio things too, right? Like right now I have the same intro for each episode, but I don't know. I might, I might do some things with audio. So we're going to have Switch some fun up. with the show. You guys got to let us know what you think. Uh, but man, we appreciate y'all tuning in and listening. And I'm going to tell you, if you come across other aspiring veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses, right? Send them to the website, bunkerlabs.org. Have them listen to the transition, you know, and reach out to us. Like we're all reachable. That's the thing about us as like an organization, right? Like, you know, I'm, I, I think I have a unique position with the podcast, Jameson, because I get to reach out and touch entrepreneurs on a daily yeah. basis, you know, but sometimes, you know, on the marketing side of the house, people are busy creating assets and strategy and stuff that, you know, I'm able to kind of get in the trenches and basically have my ear to the dirt to say, Hey, this is what the community, this is what I'm seeing amongst the entrepreneurs. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a, it's a team effort, man. And so it's, it's cool to have it you is. on. And Thank uh, you. yeah, any closing remarks for our listeners before we hop off? I, I honestly just stick to listen to the transition. I know good things are coming. Mike is is a super creative guy, and he's got things planned well ahead of time. So, looking forward to the new year, definitely. All right, y'all. I hope you guys had a happy holiday. Hope this fires us up for uh, what's to come uh, for the new year. But if you're listening. Do me a favor and just make sure you subscribe to the Transition Podcast uh, and newsletter on Substack at the link in the show notes. I'd also greatly appreciate it. And I haven't asked for this in a while. If you could kindly leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting platform, um, that would be uh, really nice. I'd appreciate that. Um, as a reminder, I release a newsletter at least once a week. And it, I'm always looking for content and would love to learn about what you all are struggling with in your own ventures. So feel free to uh, leave a comment on the newsletter or shoot me an email at mike.steadman at bunkerlabs.org. And if you haven't got plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, make sure you visit bunkerlabs.org, select the city nearest to you, and sign up for a local news, sign up for one of our newsletters. Um, we have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position to go alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today at BunkerLabs.org. Jameson, thanks again for joining us. And until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.